You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to the Valentine's News Podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of your SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, coming to you on Friday before the Giants host the Philadelphia Eagles in Week 17 of the NFL season. And obviously, Giants fans, we know the big story is what is going to happen with head coach Pat Shermer and general manager Dave Gettleman. We've been spending a lot of time at Big Blue View covering that story. I think, uh, to be honest with you, as we as we come down to the wire here, I think that what is going to happen is still anybody's guess. There are some reports, and, and there are some people who have also told me at this point in time that it looks like there's a disagreement in the organization between co-owners Steve Tisch and John Mara. Most people seem to believe that Steve Tisch wants sweeping change within the organization in both the front office and the coaching staff. The, the belief seems to be that John Mara wants to be uh, wants more continuity, uh, wants less dramatic moves to be made. We will have to see who wins only a couple of days before we actually find out what's going to happen. Ultimately, my guess is going to be at this point the same thing that I said a week ago. I think that my guess is that Dave Gettleman stays and Pat Shermer probably goes. But again, you know, that that's a guess at this point. It's it still seems as I said, you know, we'll have to see who who emerges as the uh as as the winner here per se if you want to look at it that way, you know, between Steve Tisch and John Mara. Um, you know, one thing for people to to realize, everyone always considers the Giants to be owned by John Mara. They always think about Mara. They always mention Mara when they talk about Giants ownership. Something to remember is that this is a 50-50 split in both money and in power. While John Mara is the guy who is there every single day in the facility or most days, and, and Steve Tisch is a West Coast guy, he's a filmmaker, all of, all of that, who isn't as involved in the day-to-day, both are 50-50 
decision makers. So we'll see how this all plays out. Something that I kind of wanted to do today as we get uh, as we get ready for the Eagles game and sort of ready for what will be a key offseason for your New York Giants is sort of turn away from all of that and talk a little bit about the NFL draft. And what I want to do is talk about the upcoming Senior Bowl, which is January 25th in Mobile, Alabama. We know that uh, that the Giants became convinced that they would draft Daniel Jones. You know, during that Senior Bowl, you know the story, you know, about Dave Gettleman and, and all of that, you know, going down to, to Mobile and watching Jones and, and staying for the game and, and, you know, saying that he, quote, fell in full bloom love with Jones during his short appearance in that Senior Bowl game. Uh, what I want to do right now is bring in Jim Nagy, who is the executive director of the Senior Bowl. This is a, a conversation that, that Jim and I recorded um, regarding the upcoming Senior Bowl. We'll talk about some of the prospects. We'll talk about Daniel Jones. Hopefully this is an interview that you will enjoy and you'll learn something from in terms of the prospects to watch as we head into draft season. Giants fans, I'm joined now by a very special guest for today's show. I have Jim Nagy, Executive Director of the Senior Bowl. And Jim's here to, to give us some, some draft information, some draft insight as we look forward to that. Jim, thank you very much for joining me today. No, it's great being on. Thanks for having me. Hey, so I need to start with you. This is, what, your second year or third year doing the uh, – Doing, doing as executive director. It's uh, year two. So yeah, year two. Our second game here. Yep. Okay. And uh, year one of the Senior Bowl for the New York Giants turned out to be, you know, very very interesting because of the the drafting of Daniel Jones, and we know the story, you know, with, with Dave Gettleman, you know, staying for the game and all of that. Let me just let me ask you this, and I know we're kind of backing up a little bit, but how unusual is it for a general manager to stay to actually watch the game? Yeah, it's very rare. Uh, I've been coming to the game for 23 years, uh, you know, with my background in the NFL as a scout, and I, I can't ever recall a GM staying, staying for the actual game on Saturday. Most of the teams leave on Thursday afternoon or Friday morning uh, to get back to the facility and, and get cranking back on their draft prep. But, uh, no, that's when I knew the Giants were really serious about, about a quarterback, is that they stayed around. Yeah, I saw Dave on the field during pregame, and, and uh, you know, he was in a great mood. And I, know he was, I know he was taking a look at Daniel and Drew Locke and some of the other guys. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty unique. And – you know, there were a lot of questions from, from Giants fans as to what you can learn from a game environment, especially, you know, what, what really amounts to an all-star game. I mean, what, what is there that, that a team can learn from the game itself? Well, you know, when you go in the fall, and I think you can see this in an all-star game as well. I mean, you're looking for little things. You're looking for things that you can't see on tape or on television. And it's, and it's a lot of the stuff between plays and, and body language on the field. Um, you know, how they interact on the sidelines. What do they do when they come off after a bad play? Um, so it's, it's all those, it's all those human, it's mostly human dynamic type of things, you know. How, how quickly do they bounce up after getting hit? 
Um, and there's a lot of great takeaways that, that really, you know, it's, it's all pieces of the puzzle. And uh, if there's one little takeaway that you can glean from a live exposure that helps really, you know, get you conviction on a player, because that's really all you're trying to do through the process is gain conviction on, on whether he's the right guy for you or not. So uh, I always find it valuable. And every time you leave a game, you walk away with something a little different. You know, a lot of times it's arm strength. You know, arm strength is really one thing that's hard to, to gauge on tape. Now, if a guy's got an absolute hose for an arm, I mean, that's pretty obvious. But, you know, the different levels of arm strength um, is something you want to see live as well. Obviously, Dave was down here all last year during the game, during the practice week, so he saw that. That wasn't a big deal to take away from him last year. But, uh, you know, when you go out in the fall and you go to games, that's another thing scouts always look for. And one more Jones question for you, obviously, with your exposure, you know, to him a year ago and you guys, I mean, you don't just shoot darts when you invite guys to games. You do a lot of research in terms of, you know, the right guys to, to bring in. With your exposure and your study of him a year ago, are you at all surprised by the success that he's had? I know that a lot of people didn't expect to see him play as well as he has for the Giants as a rookie. No, I, to be honest, I'm really not surprised at all. And I'm not saying that. I'm not trying to sound like, you know, the smart guy in the room. But, um, you know, I, I was a big believer in Daniel all, all through last spring. If you can rewind to, to what I said around the game last year. You know, he's a guy that everyone had first-round grades on him coming into the Senior Bowl. You know, mostly, you know, mostly later first-round stuff from, from my friends in the league. And I went and saw Daniel play live last year. We saw – we get all his tape. You know, we have access to the same tape the NFL teams do here in the office. So, uh, yeah, we did all our own homework. And, and, again, he had a lot of transferable skills. And he really was a – he was a, a really clean evaluation because – at Duke, he didn't have great people around him. He didn't have, you know, receivers that could get vertical. He didn't have receivers that could really separate. He didn't have an O-line that, that gave him a lot of time. So, you know, there was a lot of frantic situations and muddy situations where you didn't see from Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State or Kyler Murray at Oklahoma. Those guys are just sitting back in a clean box pocket playing pitch and catch with, you know, future NFL receivers. So, you know, Daniel's evaluation was, was, was really great because there was a lot of carryover from what you're going to see in the NFL. You, get, you know, he got knocked around. He got hit a bunch. Uh, he was forced to fit the ball into tight windows. So, um, yeah, I was, I was a big believer in Daniel. Now, I mean, to his credit, he has four games or three games this year with more than four touchdowns. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think I saw that stat the other day. Um, you know, for what he's had around him, you know, during the season, you know, young receivers and, you know, I know that Golden Tate missed some time early, but uh, yeah, I think they're only going to get better around Daniel. I, I think that the takeaway for this season, if I'm the Giants, I feel really good about it. at least they. I feel like they got that position right, and if you get that position right, then you can start adding around him, and, and your job as the general manager is that much easier. So let's actually talk about that. Let's talk about adding around Daniel Jones and, and how it sort of relates to, to your game which is January 25th, if I'm correct, right? Right, January yep, 25th. Okay, and obviously the week before that, you know, the, the practices is really, that, that's the gold, that's the good stuff, that's what, what everybody sort of really pays attention to. The Giants right now, you know, have the, uh, have the fourth overall pick, and no matter what happens on Sunday, I think they're going to land in the top five. And, and I know Giants fans are still freaking out because they've, they seem to have lost out on Chase Young. 
So what I so so what I want you know, which to be honest with you, I I've written at Big Blue View. There's never anything wrong with winning, you know, when it comes to to a young team. I don't know how you feel about that, but l- let me just ask you that. I mean, you know, people are upset because they've won games. I mean, do do you ever understand being upset about your team winning games? I understand the fans' mindset around it. I really do, because again, you, your season's kind of lost. You're not going to the playoffs. Um, you you got a you got a once in a decade player like Chase Young and that's that's not hyperbole. This kid's a special player. He's the best player in this year's draft. Um so yeah, you yeah, you sounds like you lost out an opportunity to get that guy. But yeah, what to your point, I mean um uh, you know, like what like what was going on in Miami this year? I mean Brian Flores was in a really tough spot. Here he's a first year coach, they've got this organizational plan to kind of strip it down and start start over. And you can be bought in with that plan Monday through Saturday, but when you get to Sunday, I mean, everyone in the NFL, I don't care if you're a, a player, coach, scout, I mean, all those guys are wired, you know, very competitively. And so you get to game day, you want to win. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's two opposing, you know, uh, mindsets during the, you know, Monday through Saturday and then Sunday. But, uh, no, I don't think when, you, when you're trying to develop around a guy, around a player, I think winning some games with Daniel Jones and giving the team confidence that he can win, they can win games with him is huge, not just for the organization, but for the players in the locker room that they can start believing in Daniel and, and moving in the right direction. Uh, you know, three or four or five wins seems a lot better than one or two wins. You know, I've, I've, I've been a part of one when I was in the NFL in 18 years, I was part of one really bad team. One year in Kansas city, we went two and 14 and it was just, it was a miserable, miserable year. So every win counts. It's great for the locker room. Um, but I do understand where the fans are coming from. Sure. So what I wanted to get to with that, um, you know, obviously, you know, Chase Young was the, the object of everybody's affection at this point. Looking at your game, if we talk specifically about edge rushers, which is a position where the Giants could use the help. I mean, they have Marcus Golden, who's had a nice year. But who are some guys maybe in the in the senior bowl uh, as of now, I know your rosters aren't 100% full, but who are some guys maybe that, that, uh, that Giants fans might look at as far as edge rushers? Yeah, you know, I will say I think uh, O'Shane Zemanis from last year's game that you guys took in the third round has a chance to make a, a bigger impact in year two. Um, that's really a tough position to come in and, and and have success right away um, just because the, the offensive linemen in the NFL are so much more skilled. Um, they're so much smarter. They're, they're way more patient. They're so much better with their hands than, than guys are at the college level, especially for, for a guy like Zeminas who's coming from ODU. Um, I, I would expect a big jump from him. And then uh, in this year's game, really the top guy is probably Terrell Lewis from Alabama. Terrell's a guy that uh, he's really hard to draw a comparison to. I know a lot of fans and, you like to hear about, like what a player comp is just so they can kind of visualize, get an idea of what he is. And Terrell's really hard because he's a really long, kind of spidery-built guy with long arms, long legs. And uh, usually those guys aren't very explosive. And Terrell is, you know, his, his ability to create, generate explosion in a short, short space is, is really, really unique. He's got heavy, heavy hands for a long-bodied guy. Uh, he's got a great first step. If there are some durability questions with Terrell, you know, he's been banged up a little bit there at Alabama, but 
you, you know, you take the, that stuff out of the equation. He's a top 15 talent, maybe a top five talent um, in this year's draft. So I think I think I would focus on Terrell Lewis, if I was the fans watching our practices. Then you got guys like Daryl Taylor at Tennessee, uh, big, thick, muscular, power rusher, uh, also has an element of speed to him. And uh, if you put on the right games, Daryl looks like a lock first-round pick. If you put in some other games, he looks like a third or fourth-round pick. So, you know, but Daryl even, you know, did a better job being more consistent this year. Um, you know, really talented guy. Alton Robinson up in, you know, up in your neck of the woods in New York from Syracuse. Alton's a guy that had double-digit sacks as a junior. Didn't have quite the production on paper that he had a year ago. But, again, got really good first step. His get-off is, is very good. Um, you know, he can, he can turn that corner and flatten and get to the quarterback. So he's another guy. So it's, it's a pretty stacked group. And there's guys all the way, you know, through the third, fourth round, all the way to like Bradley and I from Utah, who is the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. Bradley's the guy that's really skilled with his hands, really technical rusher, kind of similar, wins the same way Nick Bosa won at Ohio State with his hand use and his, and his motor. Um, so I think that uh, all the way through those, you know, early day three, there's going to be guys the Giants can add that can help them. All right, so let's talk about a couple of, of other positions where the Giants might be, you know, in the market for some help. Um, if the Giants have the third or fourth pick, I think people would like to see them, you know, maybe grab an offensive lineman. And the guy that stands out is Andrew Thomas from Stanford. Let's say Jordan. they go a different or I'm okay. I'm sorry, but uh, so yeah. Well, I I don't know why I do that all the time, but but I seem to have that do, stuck in my too. head. I seem to I have that. Too. I seem to have that stuck in my head. But uh, okay, so I was actually going to say we go beyond Thomas. Uh, okay. Give me you know give me some some guys, especially you know offensive tackles, maybe some guys in the center group uh, to to look at. Yeah, the offensive tackles, you hit it. Andrew Thomas is probably the top one. You know, I haven't paid a lot of attention to most of the juniors in this class because we're, you know, we, we've got to get this senior class right for the, for the recent senior bowl. So if they're not going to, you know, we can bring juniors now, but they have to graduate by December. Um, so guys that don't fall into that category, I quite frankly don't have enough time to, to study tape on those guys. But I was at the Georgia-Notre uh, Dame game early in the year, and uh, just peeked at him a little bit. He's super talented. Uh, a good friend of mine is the D-line coach at Notre Dame, and, and he said that uh, in his 10 years at Notre Dame, he hasn't, he hasn't looked at a better offensive tackle on tape than, than Andrew Thomas. So that spoke volumes to me. You know, and then you got the Worf's kid at Iowa who's really talented. I saw him play live against Michigan. Uh, Senior-wise, down here at the Senior Bowl, there's a guy, Josh Jones, from Houston, who probably made as big a jump as any player in the country this year, uh, regardless of position. Josh coming into the year was probably a third or fourth round pick. And, you know, now I would be, I would actually be surprised if he made it out of the end of the first round. So I think he's a, you know, he's a guy that projects to be a left tackle at the next level, uh, starting left tackle. The next guy, you know, in our game, Matt Pert is another guy up in the Northeast from UConn who, you know, I know they haven't had a lot of there at UConn, but Matt's a really, really talented guy. He's long. He's got great feet. Um, now, like, here's a player count for you that I think that I'm not saying he's going to go in the same part of the draft that this guy did, but when I watch Matt Pert, I see Debrickishaw Ferguson. Um, I did Debrickishaw when he was coming out of Virginia, and obviously he went. I think I think Brick was a you know top five pick to the Jets. 
and that map's not going to go in that range. But if you just look at their tools, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of what happens in the draft is hype, and, and you know, guys get, get a reputation early on, and it kind of carries them through to the, through the draft process. And, you know, Matt's the guy down here. I think he's going to make a huge jump nationally uh, when people see how long and light on his feet this guy, this guy is. So Pert's another guy. And then at the center position, really the best senior, hands down the best senior, is Nick Harris from Washington. Um, you know, not the biggest guy, you know, um, <laughs> probably won't win weigh-ins by any stretch, but when you get him on a football field, he is a dang good football player. He's a starting side. I think he can start next year in the league. He's, you know, plays way bigger than his size. He's great with his hands. When he latches on, you can't get rid of the guy. He's really mobile. He can get to the second level and play in space. So Nick Harris from Washington is a really cool player to watch on tape, and I don't, I don't say that very often about offensive linemen. He's just he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and then you get down into some, some juniors at the center position that uh, really haven't declared yet. But uh, I have a feeling some will come out, but not going to talk about those guys until they actually declare. Sure, sure. The only other position I really wanted to ask you about, I mean, I'll and I'll make it kind of broad because the Giants, you know, the Giants invested heavily in the defensive backfield in a guy that was in your game, I think, in Corey Ballantyne, if I'm not mistaken, was in your game a year ago. Sure. Um, Julian Love was is a guy they drafted. DeAndre Baker's a guy they drafted. Uh, so they've got a lot of young guys in that defensive backfield, but they could still use more help, maybe especially at the safety position. Um, just talk about some of the defensive backs to, to watch. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you, 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 you're you pretty young at corner, so that's a good thing. You stockpiled some young guys. I think Corey Ballantyne's a guy with a really high ceiling. You know, he's just kind of – he's learned, just learning how to play. Um, to go from Washburn uh, to the National Football League is quite a jump, and I know that – I know they've gotten Corey on the field quite a bit this year and, and uh, learning under fire, but uh, he's the kind of kid that another another guy like Zaminas, I said earlier, I, I could see Corey making a big jump in year two after getting that experience under his belt. But, yeah, it's a safety position. Uh, Ashton Davis from Cal is a really interesting name for people. He's one of my favorite players in this draft. He's, uh, his story's incredible. He went to Cal as a walk-on track athlete and uh, ran track for a couple of years, got all Pac-12 second team as a hurdler, um, and walked on the football team as well. And uh, it took him a couple of years to get on the field and do anything in football. And uh, now he is, you know, coming out in this year's draft, he's, he's no worse than a second-round pick. He's, he's got great range. He's athletic. He can fly. Uh, some teams think he could play corner, and I can see that because he's a good enough athlete and he runs well enough. But uh, – you know, he, he, he flies around. You love his play style. So Ashton Davis from Cal is a really exciting guy. Kyle Duggar from Lenore Ryan, small Division two college in North Carolina that most people haven't even heard of. Kyle's the uh, top small school player in this year's draft, hands down. You know, he's, he's almost six foot two. Uh, when I was there earlier in the fall, I actually hand-delivered his in- Senior Bowl invite to him. He was 222 pounds. And he ran 4-4-1 for the scouts last spring when they went through there. So big-time lightweight speed prospect. He's a man amongst boys at the D2 level. Um, this senior bowl week is going to be huge for Kyle. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a prototype strong safety that really, at two, if he's 222 right now, he's going to be in the 230s once he, you know, matures and, and grows into a man's body. So he's, I think he's going to end up as a, as a, as a linebacker. 
is a will linebacker. And then if you, you go down, there's another really intriguing hybrid type player that, that if I was the Giants, I'd be interested in. That's Brian Cole from Mississippi State. Brian's a transfer from Michigan, uh, really versatile guy, kind of a Swiss Army knife in, in Mississippi State's defense. He can play nickel, he can play safety, he can play linebacker. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of fans have heard of Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. Brian Cole is very similar. Um, you know, he's a really good athlete. He can do a lot of different things. So he's a, he's a cool chess piece for any team to add him. And right now he's, he's a name that's really flying under the radar that I think after Senior Bowl week and everyone sees what he can do in a lot of different roles, um, you know, will end up being probably a, a late day two player. Interesting. So a lot of names to a uh, lot of names to to uh, keep in mind, Giants fans, as as that game approaches. Um, I know the Giants still have. Uh, as we record this, it's Friday. It's the day. It's a couple days before the Giants' final game. We're about uh, a little bit less than a month out from the Senior Bowl. Just tell us tell us a little bit about about the process of actually that that you guys go through you know, to actually build the rosters for this game? Yeah, the, the, the one thing we did a little differently when I got to the game uh, here a couple of years ago, we hired a staff of all uh, guys with NFL experience, scouting experience. So really it was a twofold thing. One, I wanted to create a situation where when guys got let go by teams, and that's going to happen, you know, that's, you get caught in a regime change in the NFL. It doesn't mean you're not good at what you do. Sometimes it's just, you know, they bring in a new GM or head coach and, they want to bring in all their own people, so you, you find yourself out. So I wanted to give, you know, give those guys a soft landing spot for a year, um, and also from our perspective, get a get you know a really experienced set of eyes all over the country. So um, you know, we lost, we had four on our staff last year. They all got jobs back in the NFL. Um, actually, one went to the CFL, and now we we restocked it with six new scouts this year, all with NFL experience, and they're we're all over the country. We were at 100. We saw 114 of the FBS schools live this year in games, and uh, countless other small schools. I mean, we were any given weekend. We were at 10 to 12 games every weekend at the staff. So we were. We really tried to construct this thing uh, as close to an NFL organization as we can as a personnel department. So you know, we get the tape the NFL teams get, um, which is huge. They they give us access to the all that tape um, through the league office, which is great. And uh, yeah, we're just trying to do this thing like the 33rd uh, personnel department. So that's that's kind of our process. And then the last the last part of the process is, you know, I reach out to I've got contacts in the league from all my years in the NFL, and uh, we just get on the phone with with this year with 16 of the 32 teams the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, we got on with their GMs or personnel directors, someone with uh, access to all their grades. So you know they're sitting in front of their board, we're sitting in front of our board, and we're just going position by position. Um, at that point, I think we'd already had about 80 players accepted, so we had about 35 roster spots open, and then just trying to get a gauge for who the league wants to see on the, the, the back end of the roster. So, uh, you know, these rosters are obviously for them. Um, we want to get as many players drafted as we can. You know, last year we had 93 players total drafted. We had 40 in the first three rounds and 10 first-rounders. So, um, you know, that's, that's really the only way we can recruit. We can't contact these players and have, you know, personal contact with them. So those numbers have to be strong for to get buy-in from the players. And that's why this year's game, I think it's going to even be even better. The rosters will be even better this year than last year because now this year's crew saw those 10 guys get drafted in the first round. It had been a long time since the Senior Bowl had double digits uh, taken in the first round. So that's, uh, that's kind of the process we go through. 
and uh, you know, we're really looking forward to uh, to January. It's going to be a great game. So, so you you mentioned it. So now you're going to spill the Giants draft board for me, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. Of course, of course not. Um, I was going to say, seriously, um, you guys, you know, I, I think of the Senior Bowl years ago, and I think of mostly, you know, guys that, that got drafted in the second, you know, second half of the draft. But it seems to me like more and more you're getting, you know, some of the big names, some of the frontline guys, some of the first rounders. Um, and, and are you, I guess, are you trying to build it to where you're, you're getting, you know, the absolute, you know, the, the top line guys, the guys that are really fighting for position in, in day one? Yeah, yeah, where, you know, it's got to be the best of the best. And this has always been the best all-star game, um, you know, because we're the only game that, that has the two stats from the, from the league. Uh, there's just such a rich tradition. We've got 53 Hall of Fame players and a third of the league right now played in the Senior Bowl. So it's always been a great game. But you know, I think there's there's things that we've done over the last couple of years, just like we talked about process-wise, um, and using social media. So, for instance, when our when our scouts are at games, you know, one thing we did a couple of years ago, we started doing was our scouts take videos during pregame of these guys moving around. Like you could go back and find old Corey Ballantyne and Daniel Jones video from our from our place on on my Twitter handle, and uh, you know, so it get it get we're right up close on these guys, so it gives the idea of movement, body type. Um, you know, from like a scouting perspective, and I know a lot of a lot of fans out there, you know, are really into the scouting angle. And we bring you right down on the field pregame. And what it did was we were trying to pull back the curtain for the fans to let them see who we're interested in. But it was it was kind of a, a twofold effect. It also really it really uh, you know brought in these players. It, it uh, they knew we were out there looking at them. It created some excitement around the game. So again, it's just the buy-in factor from the players has been has been overwhelming just from last year to this year. Uh, you know, one agent told me that we've made the Senior Bowl cool again, which I don't know if that's if that's true <laughs> or not. But the, but the players are no, they understand the value in it. I think that uh, you know when you can get in front of 900 NFL people, we credentialed over 900 NFL folks last year. The entire league is down here. So if you're a player, why wouldn't you come here? You know, why why would you pass on that opportunity to come and and get to, first of all, impress them on the field, and then also get to spend time with them, you know, in a really relaxed setting before they get to the combine, which, you know, is, is a much more intense much more intense setup. And, again, this is football. This is real football. Um, the combine's not. And uh, I was a part of a lot of teams that, you know, we missed on picks because we put way too much stock in what these guys do in shorts and T-shirts. And I think the league has is, 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 is gotten smart to that, and I think they're really putting a lot more weight into the senior bowl because this is this is football this is what they're asked to do not you know run around in their in their shorts and and, and whatnot so uh it's, it's it's been awesome the last couple of years to see this thing grow uh and again it's always been a great game but we're just trying to take it to the next level and to see the buying from the players has been has been awesome Jim, we'll be looking forward to it. A uh, couple of a uh, couple of guys that work for me have been down there at various times uh, covering the games. I know Mark Schofield, who covers who studies quarterbacks for us and for a lot of other sites, was was down there a year ago. And hopefully, hopefully, Mark and and maybe one or two of my other guys will be able to get down there, and and we'll be looking forward to the game. So thank you very very much. And by the way, if you uh, want to just uh, I know you mentioned social media just uh, give folks your Twitter handle the the senior bowl Twitter handle 
you know whatever whatever they might need to uh, to follow to follow the game and follow you guys as we get there. Yeah, mine is at uh, Jim Nagy underscore SB for Senior Bowl, and then the, our our the games is just at Senior Bowl. Um, yeah, it's a great. I I do want to say this before we get off. You know, the eye opener for me last year was when I was doing the ESPN work um, in in Nashville for the draft to see what Nashville turned into with those 600,000 people, no knock on the draft, because that's the reason I got into scouting. Growing up as a kid watching the draft, I fell in love with the process. Um, but our, our event is, if you're a, from a fan's perspective, if, if you're really into football, um, I think we've got, you know, so much to offer in terms of being 10 feet from these drills that are going on, going over to the hotel and, and grabbing Daniel Jones, you know, and getting a selfie with him. And these players are just walking around. <laughs> walking around downtown Mobile, and same thing with the whole league. I, I referenced 900 NFL people. I mean, you can really immerse yourself in, a, in the whole NFL culture for this week. There's, we've got a, our main street here in Mobile. It's called Dolphin Street. And, uh, I mean, you walk up in and out of the bars, and it's all head coaches and GMs hanging out. So um, if I were a fan, I mean, this is the ultimate fan experience it, for, a, for a much cheaper cost than, than, you know, a draft event might be. I mean, we've got – We've got hotel rooms downtown Mobile here, walking distance from the players' hotel and the practice fields and whatnot for like 85 bucks a night. And uh, you know, it, uh, and it's one of those events when you come once, you come back. It's really a, it's really a unique uh, game week. So just all those fans out there, all those Giants fans, we'd love to have you down here. Uh, it's an incredible, incredible week. You won't be, you won't be sorry if you come to Mobile for, uh, for game week this year. We've built it out. We've got a lot of different events going on. We've got. Uh, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's there's always stuff going on. So you're, you're coming down more than for more than just football. It's it's a great week, and just you can get on SeniorBowl.com and and see the different events. I won't I won't uh, get into all that now, but appreciate you having me on. And uh, Giants fans, we'd love to see you down here. All right, thank you very much, Jim. All right, Giants fans, that's our show for today. We thank Jim Nagy for spending some time with us, for dropping some knowledge on us regarding prospects to watch in the game giving us a little bit of background in, on, on Daniel Jones and on some of the players from uh, from last year that the Giants drafted, O'Shane Zimenez and uh, Corey Ballantyne in particular, guys who played in the Senior Bowl and, uh, and ended up with the Giants. As always, we thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon, Giants fans. Bye-bye now.